Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 55. In today's episode, I wanted to break down my preliminaries, my prerequisites for getting into macro counting. I wanted to start this episode by honestly helping you guys understand what macro counting actually is and then break down some of the things that you need to be able to be comfortable with before you even get into that as a strategy for weight loss or performance or any of those kinds of things. I think that what's happened now in this common trend is that people are looking at macro counting just like every other diet out there, meaning they're approaching it just like they would a ketogenic diet or a a you know Weight Watchers diet or anything else. They're just looking for this one thing that's going to be the solution. And the, the problem is, is that if they're not approaching other op- other things and they're just looking at that solution, they're missing a huge piece of the puzzle. And so this actually can be applied to any dietary protocol you try. And in fact, I do wholeheartedly believe that those of you guys out there that are really struggling to lose weight, if you start with these steps, you will likely prevent yourself from ever having to go on another diet again. So I think that macro counting can actually become just another diet fad if you aren't approaching it with a little bit different mindset. So first and foremost, if you get any value out of this episode or any of my episodes, let me know. You can shoot me a message. You can shoot me a DM. There's going to be a link to my information in the show notes, or even better, if you're listening to this episode, you like it, go ahead and take a screenshot of it, post it on your Instagram stories, tag me in it so that I know that you're listening. That's the best way for me to get my news out there for more people so that I can help more people in this world. So, and today's episode honestly is going to be packed full of things that are going to hopefully help a lot of people out there because one of my big missions in life is to help this world that is so oversaturated with dietary protocols and also oversaturated with obesity and sickness and all of these different things. And yes, most of you guys know me as a CrossFit Games athlete. Most of you guys see my transformations as these people are fit and they're just looking to get a little bit fitter. But the bigger people that I want to help, the the bigger picture is the people that need me. They need to get their habits fixed and they need a strategy that's not going to be short term. They need something that's going to be able to be sustainable because losing 50, 100, 200 pounds takes a lot of time. And it's really hard to commit to never eating carbs again. So my goal is that when people come to me, they feel like they're not even on a diet. And so if they are doing these strategies first and they come to me with an open mind, you are going to be more successful. And even if you're not coming to me, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you want to be more successful in your own journey, I hope this episode is going to give you a little bit of inspiration for that. So first and foremost, Before we even get into today's topic, and you guys know me, I ramble, I rant, um, only because sometimes I might be thinking of something as I'm talking. And as I'm saying that, I want you guys to start by looking at the big picture, is who are you and what is your main goal? Are you trying to lose 10 pounds? Are you trying to get stronger? Do you want to build muscle? Do you have 50 pounds to lose, 100 pounds to lose? Looking at a map of your journey, and as you're going on any type of dietary protocol, yes, there is going to be a level of hard work and effort put in. And that is the purpose of today's episode is to give you those tools or those, those specific homework assignments to be, to be factoring in, but it should never feel like you are being deprived of something in your life, deprived of life, joy, being able to enjoy a piece of pizza with your son, you know, being able to, to, you know, celebrate an anniversary with your husband or wife, you know, this, this strategy that I preach, is really all about that flexibility. And that has little to do with macros and everything to do with changing people's mindset around food. So when you're listening to the episode, I, when you're listening to this episode, I really want you to take that at heart. All right. So as I'm getting into this, I wanted to just kind of start by breaking down exactly what macro counting is. 
And this is kind of the last piece of the puzzle. I'm going to break it down all of the pieces that come before that. But what macro counting really is, is it's essentially you are going to be given a prescribed number of calories and those calories are going to be broken down into a specific percentage of macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fats. And your goal, if you are counting macros, is to be within a specific number based on the coach. Some people are more flexible than others. Um, be within a specific number of that goal number. So let's just say, for instance, you have the goal of hitting 135 grams of protein, 205 grams of carbs, and 65 grams of fat. Those are just random numbers I just spit out. Um, your goal would be to be able to plan your food and make sure and ensure that at the end of the day, you know, you're within five grams of those numbers. That's my range of motion or my range of play for my clients. So they would be anywhere from 130 to 140 protein, anywhere from 200 to 210 carbs, and then anywhere from 60 to 70 on fat. So that's that leeway that I give to allow them a little bit of flexibility that's going to give you the most bang for your buck. The reason why is because we are not only assessing the amount of calories you're taking in. So we're, we're definitely making sure that your calorie balance is, or your energy balance is put in the right way for you to achieve your goals, whether that is fat loss or performance or muscle building. Um, but the other thing is we're optimizing the breakdown of those calories for your specific lifestyle and training modality. So if you're a CrossFitter, you're likely going to be a little bit higher carb, a little bit lower fat, and then probably moderate protein, which is where most people should be. So, and then we would just tweak those based on that. So this is the more advanced piece of this. And that's why, as I just said that, if all of that sounded like, holy shit, how do you do that? How do you hit your, how do you make sure that your food is going to make up that much protein and yada, yada, yada. This is why understand that you going right into macro counting is not going to help you with your goals if you haven't mastered these basics first. So I fully encourage you guys to listen to this podcast. And if you are a self, what's the word I'm looking for? If you are really good at holding yourself accountable to things, you can legit take these strategies and be way more successful in the next six to eight weeks. And if you do take these strategies and you are more successful, I also want to hear about that. So rolling into number one. And this is like the very bottom of the line stack for you, okay? Or bottom of the barrel foundational piece is you got to clean the shit out, okay? So most people that macro count are like, if it fits your macros, all right? Well, pizza fits my macros. Well, you know, this fits my macros. I can eat that and it fits my macros. That's great. And that is the piece of macro counting that I like because it allows that piece of flexibility. However, if a person doesn't have a solid foundation of nutrition, they are not going to be able to be successful for two reasons. One, they're going to be void of nutrients. And two, what happens when you are going into a calorie deficit and calories start going lower, a lot of those fun foods are very dense in calories and low in volume. So the amounts of them that you can eat are not going to be as satisfying, which normally will cause people to overeat. Not to mention that a lot of those foods are very high in addictive properties because everybody knows they think they're craving carbs, but they're really craving highly palatable foods that are a combination of carbs and fats. So like things like chips and French fries and burgers and things like that, pizza, cookies, those are not carbs. They're not fats. They're a combination of both. In fact, they're usually pretty equal, if not a little higher on the fat intake. You know, my group and I, we last week just dove into the macronutrient breakdown of a burger. And I believe it had like 67 grams of fat, but only 45 grams of carbs. So people demonize foods before they even understand the components of them. So number one is you've got to clean the shit out. Okay. And I say that like with full transparency, 
You should not be drinking your calories except for if it's like a special occasion or something like that. Or if you're like maybe having a couple of alcoholic drinks on the weekends, they should not make up a large percentage of your calories. Um, I do believe that liquid calories should be reserved for training time. So uh, around your training, maybe you're drinking Gatorade or something like that, which we can get into in a whole other podcast about where those liquid calories can really play a factor. But for the most part, our calories should be coming from whole foods. And when I say whole foods, I'm looking for foods that are very minimally processed. They're not a combination of ingredients. So it's just one ingredient or two ingredients. So like rice, um, and maybe like there's might be a preservative, um, to keep it fresh, you know, your, your vegetables, your proteins, it's not a package that has five or six different lists of ingredients on it. So that's number one meals should be kept simple. You should be adding the ingredients, not having something that's already pre-made with ingredients. That's number one. Doesn't mean that those foods are not allowed. I'm just saying, I want to make sure I make that clear that I do do not preach strict rigid diets. I just preach that you should be getting 80% of your foods from these whole foods. Step number two is if you're cleaning that crap out, you're adding these whole foods back in. It's that nutrient density of the foods that you're getting. So if I'm replacing a burger and fries with chicken breast and broccoli and avocado and some rice, even though calorically they might, I might be able to kind of manage them the same. I'm getting a lot more nutrients from the the whole foods. So I'm going to feel a lot better. My energy is going to be better. My inflammation factors are going to be down. I'm likely going to be more satisfied from the fiber intake of those foods. So really focusing on nutrient density of those calories. The next step. So now that we've got the good quality food, and like I said, you might be just starting there. You So if you're still like, man, she's right. I've got to stop relying on so much restaurant food. I've got to stop relying on drinking and my calories. Like I got to cut back on this and that. And and this goes for you guys that like those Starbucks frappuccinos and stuff like that. That is liquid calories. Cut that shit out. That's dessert. Okay. That's that special occasion stuff that should not be part of your normal diet. But the next step is, is learning how to make balanced meals and um, just better meal habits in general. So like, are you cooking for yourself or do you constantly go through the drive-through or rely on pre-made stuff? If you're never learning how to cook, you're going to be stuck living that way for the rest of your life. And when I was 19 years old, I had to retrain my body how to cook. I grew up eating breaded chicken, rice aroni, macaroni and cheese, things that had a box and it had ingredients on the back where you would add like quarter cup of water, two tablespoons of butter, and then you put it on the stove and it would cook for yourself. Hamburger helper, which I really never liked hamburger helper, but I did love those like, oh man, those like uh, fettuccine sides and stuff like that. Man, I get down on some of that stuff. So yeah, I had to clean out that stuff and started just learning how to cook like the right way. Grilling my meats instead of, you know, frying them all the time, you know, using Pam instead of using butter for everything. Um, So learning how to build meal balance and meal habits. So cooking for yourself, um, being a little bit more prepared throughout your day, just like we are for work and everything else that you should have a plan for your nutrition, much like you have a plan for your schedule for the day. That is not being obsessive. That is taking care of yourself and the people that are healthy in this world. That's what they do. That is not an anomaly. That is something that you should be doing to prioritize your own health. If you don't care about what you eat, that's what's going to happen with the way you look. And that's what's going to happen with the way you perform. And I'm being pretty honest today, actually talking kind of nicely though, because I'm pretty tired today, but, um, but it's because it's, it's the honest truth. You know, people want to avoid worrying about what they're eating. Well, that's the most important thing you do in your life because that actually sustains your life. If you don't eat, eventually you're going to die. And if you don't, if you don't eat the right things and eat the wrong things, eventually you're going to get sick. 
And that's less about the weight loss stuff. It just factors into the weight loss stuff. Meal balance, you should be learning how to how to build a plate. Like, you know, half the plate should be veggies. You know, you should be getting in a size of protein and some carbohydrates. Not going too nitty-gritty on like actual weighing things out just yet, but like being able to say, hey, if I go to a restaurant, I know how to have about a portion of meat, some veggies, and a side. Like I know how to have that. And knowing how to interchange things if you decide to have the appetizer, maybe you're gonna skip the fat and the carbs at dinner because you're gonna have that appetizer instead. So Learning how to make balance on your plate is so important. Once again, this is where people get too much into this. I like to snack throughout the day. I don't really believe in that stuff because it doesn't teach structure. And most people that are listening to this podcast are having a hard time with their nutrition because they are so non-structured. They just wing it all the time. And this is going to make your life so much easier if you start to learn how to plate yourself. And this also allows you that when you do go out and you're having more like appetizer type fun foods, you can learn how to build a plate that also still fits a meal because that's all a snack is, is a small meal. Learning how to balance out that plate. Now we're getting into where, and, and by this point, so if you haven't already started eating healthier, eating more high quality foods, balancing out your plate, if you've done those three things, you likely got pretty good results. If you haven't started with those three things, starting from number one, then number two, number, number three, you're going to already start to see some results. You're going to start to feel better. Your energy is going to be good. You're going to start to sleep better. You're going to start to lose some body weight. Um, you're going to just start to just overall feel the general health come up as long as you can stay consistent with that, which all of those things, by the way, regardless if you're macro tracking at all or macro tracking or not, those things don't change. Okay. These are the basics of healthy eating 101. Like if these things are not ingrained in your brain, then they're not. And if you're tracking macros and you're doing that temporarily and you're not doing it this way, chances are you're going to have to track macros for the rest of your life because the foods you're eating are really hard to navigate. These foods don't really change much. So if you're building your plate this way, it becomes very easy to identify what you need and how much you're getting. So starting here, from right there, if you're seeing progress at this point, don't stop. There's no need to add more just yet, okay? There's no need to add more complexity. That will come. If you feel good, so you're listening to your biofeedback, you're not starving all the time, you're not low on energy, you feel like you're getting enough calories in, you don't feel restricted because, by the way, with all this being said, I believe in the 80-20 principle that 20% of this time, you are going to be able to enjoy a little bit of fun food. So one meal might not be protein, carbs, and fats. It might be pizza, which is actually protein, carbs, and fats, but it might be a little bit more calories than you need. So we're, we're looking at this from a macro picture right now that as long as we're seeing results, there's no need to start adding on. Now, the next step is where we start adding on some complexity. And this is normally where people come to me. They've likely already cleaned out the closet. They cleaned out the food cabinets. They're likely already eating some pretty high calorie or some pretty, pretty nutrient dense foods. And they already started working on meal balance. However, they may have tried some strategies in the past that have eliminated food groups. That makes it a little bit more difficult because I'm also trying to add some things back in. Their meal balance might be just the protein and the veggie. Um, or just the protein if they don't eat veggies. And then I'm starting to work on really building that balanced plate in. And that's going to be kind of the helpful thing for them to start with. Now, here's where people go from that to macro counting. They skip these steps, which are crucial for your actual long-term sustainability and success with macro counting. Okay. The next step is learning how to use a food scale. This sounds elementary. It sounds dumb. Because usually when the first steps stop working, it's because we have to control calories now, that the calorie control game 
um, from a guesstimation standpoint is already beyond us. And now we have to get a little bit more accurate. So essentially we're moving closer to needing more precision. And I'm trying to think of a good analogy here. Um, Okay. So let's just say that you're shooting a ball and you have a very large goal. Essentially now we're, 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 we're making that goal much smaller. So maybe we went from a soccer goal and now we're going to like a basketball hoop, you know? So we're, we're really eliminating the, the margin of errors here. So we have to make sure we're controlling all the variables. So learning how to weigh your portions out using a food scale, raw versus cooked, all that shit doesn't matter as much as however you're doing it, you're doing it consistently. So that you know what it looks like to have a cup of rice on your plate and what that is in weight. You know what it looks like to have um, uh, a serving of chicken and what four ounces looks like um, on your plate. And you can kind of learn how to eyeball things. So that's going to make it a lot easier for you long-term. But now we can also start to really troubleshoot the dosage of your calories. And the analogy I'm going to give here is it's just like a doctor prescribing medication. It's knowing that at this point, the main goal really is that we have to find the right dosage to get you results. So if you're weighing your food out, then you're going to be one step closer to that. If you're guesstimating, you're leaving room for error. So it's a doctor that thinks he put enough medication in, but he's not quite sure. He's going to wait and see. And this is going to allow us to have a variable that we can control. So learning how to use a food scale, I recommend moving away from measuring cups altogether. One, it just requires you to wash more dishes. Two, it's not as accurate. And I can actually even show you guys if you're interested Um, I have an infographic where I just show you how like weighing half a cup of oatmeal and actually measuring out a cup of oatmeal with a gram scale is going to be very different. You're going to be getting probably, I think it was like an extra third of a serving if you're using that half a cup scoop. So weighing your portion sizes is important. The next step, now that you are learning how to weigh your portion. So kind of recapping, because I like to kind of keep you going. So we've cleaned up the closet, food, food quality is high. We're learning how to build balanced meals. We're cooking at home. Now we're weighing those food portions out. And now we're going to be keeping a food journal. Okay. A food journal is crucial for your success. Learning how to look at a food journal, learning how to look at your calorie intake, learning how to see how much you're eating and also assessing how you're feeling on that amount of calories. You know, if, if you're feeling really hungry and tired all the time, and you notice that when you increase your calories on a, on a weekend, you're feeling better, then maybe you need a little bit more calories, you know? So it's, it's starting to get you understanding how food is affecting, not just your body composition, but how you feel throughout the day. So that's the next step is really learning how to keep an accurate food journal. This does require some time, but I will tell you this, if you've mastered everything ahead of, ahead of this goal, this is way easier because now you're not trying to figure out how to log the chicken quesadilla from Chili's and the tuna salad on rye bread from Two J's and the Mexican fiesta bowl from Pico de Gaira from Pollo Tropical. Like you're learning now, okay, I see components. And it also allows you that when you do decide to go out and have those foods, you also know how to have those components and, and break them down and say, oh, that's about four ounces of meat. That's about a small tortilla. That's about a cup of lettuce. That's about two tablespoons of guac. Like you can now see those things because you've done all that stuff beforehand. So keeping a food journal is the next step. Accurately keeping it, meaning you're you're logging ingredients. You're not logging full meals. This is a crucial key for you to be successful. Now that we've got you keeping a food journal, we can look at your calorie intake. And this is where 
macro counting, actually take it back. We're not even at macro counting yet. So basically where we're at now, let's just say you're, you're now you're keeping a food journal, you're weighing your foods out, you're doing all that stuff. We're now going to be assessing how your progress is going. How are you feeling? How's your performance? Now we're going to be looking at the specifics of this. And the first number I'm going to look at, and the first macro that I'm going to be concerned with is going to be protein. How much protein are you getting? I'm not so worried about you overdoing protein unless you're severely restricting calories from carbohydrates. I'm more concerned about, are you getting enough protein and the sources of them? So we're going to make sure that you're dialing in your protein and your calories. So if someone's like, man, I've installed, I don't know what to do. And they've, and they've covered all the bases and they're comfortable weighing their food. I'm going to say, all right, let's see your food journal. Let me see how many calories you're taking in. Let's see how much protein you're getting in. And then from there, they might not have to go any further. They might not be have to, having to change a bunch of their foods, a bunch of their meals. We're just making a, a couple of small couple of small adjustments. It might be just adding a little bit more protein in, taking a little bit of calories off. Maybe they're watching the sauces that they're using on their foods. Something very simple like that. If that's working, no need to go on. If you feel good, no need to go on. Now, the next step is actually dialing in the macronutrients. And I'm going to be honest, those of you guys just looking for weight loss, the last step is probably enough. However, if you haven't mastered all those other things, it won't be enough because you're likely still hitting those numbers with less than optimal foods, which is going to stall your results. And I can go into all the nitty gritty about the thermic effect of feeding and the different types of carbohydrates and all that stuff, but I'm going to save that for another episode. And in fact, I think I actually have talked about this on a previous episode. Um, but now we're going into when macro counting comes into play. So when do you need to go from just keeping a food journal, getting enough protein to actually counting macros? I'm going to say when you have less than 10 pounds to lose, you are a, um, honestly, you have uh, fitness related goals, meaning you want to be fitter. You want to be stronger. You want to be able to run faster. You want to be able to do more gymnastic skills. Um, if you also have, um, any kind of sleep issues, um, or your feedback isn't good, maybe you're having some hormone concerns. Uh, maybe you're having just a really hard time with anxiety, mood, whatever. This is when I'm going to start to dive into macros. This is when I'm going to start to really be precise on proteins, carbs, and fats, along with if a person is having a really hard time staying compliant with the calorie deficit because of hunger, this is where I will tweak macros based on my experiences to get them to feel better, to feel more satisfied on the amounts of foods they're eating while still keeping them in a calorie deficit. And at this point, this is the time that macros matter. So now we can really optimize how much energy you're taking in, getting you PR on your list, getting you feeling good, getting you really optimizing your body composition because your body does use protein, carbs, and fats all very differently. And people really demonize carbohydrates, but carbohydrates are very important for building muscle, for brain function, and for a number of different processes. Fat intake is also very important as well, but the amount of fat we need is much less than most people are taking in. So that's really... Uh, honestly, what I really wanted you guys to get out of this episode, I don't want to kind of go too far into it. Uh, I think I will make a second episode, just kind of breaking down the, the process of actually macro counting and how it can help people a little bit more, um, in terms of flexibility in their life. Uh, because I do think that that also is a very important concept to consider with macro counting. Um, but the last thing that I want to leave you guys with is understanding that what I'm using is terminology is I'm not saying macro tracking. Okay. You aren't tracking macros. You are tracking your food. Okay. 
you are food journaling, and you are macro counting. So if you haven't mastered food journaling first, macro counting is going to be irrelevant. And if you're not making meals that are satisfying to you, that are also giving you plenty of nutrients, then food journaling isn't really going to get you anywhere because you're not changing the habits. So the whole purpose of a journal is reflection. And if you're reflecting on your diary and you're like, man, I eat like shit, you need to take a step back. And maybe you are food journaling and cleaning up the food at the same time, but that's the first two steps. So maybe this episode hits home for you if you have tried counting macros in the past and you've been unsuccessful, that maybe that strategy isn't working for you because you haven't mastered the basics. And if that is you, totally reach out to me. I want to hear from you because like I said, I know that mastering nutrition is a process. I've been doing this since I was 19 years old and I'm 36 years old and I'm still always learning, constantly evolving. And so if that is you and you want to talk to me a little bit more, uh, feel free to fill out my free metabolic assessment. You can also schedule a call with me for free. Um, I would love to connect with you. I also have a free Facebook group. Uh, With all that though, I'm going to close this show up with uh, hoping that you guys have an amazing week and I will talk to you all soon.